Hi, this is uh, Ross Payton here with Roleplaying Public Radio, and this is RPPR Episode 47, Adventures in the Real World. And of course, with me, as always, is Tom. Yes, my current favorite number for the week is 12. 12? All right, so why why is uh, 12 your favorite number, Tom? It just seems right that this week, as of right this moment, 12 is my lucky number, and I stick with it. Okay, just, it's lucky. It's a lucky number for this week. For this week. It'll totally be different next week. You have a lucky number for each week? I just started doing it. You just started doing that. So, yes. uh, all right. So, uh, people playing the lotto in the next few days, uh, 12. Put 12 in there. Is that what you're saying? Yes. All right. Well, uh, it was 2.2 trillion last week. What? My lucky number. Oh. <laughs> that, how? Well, sorry, 2 trillion, 200 billion. Sorry, okay. to be um, technical. Okay. Well, uh, that it's 12 is... this week. Thanks for sharing. I mean, that's what I'm here for, man. I share. <laughs> Anyways, we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, we do? We do. We have uh, some news, of course. Uh, finally, the Codex of War, the third uh, New World campaign source book, is out. If I had a uh, noisemaker, I'd be making noise. But... Yes, indeed. So cheers and applause all around. <laughs> this uh, this is 61 pages. It's our biggest supplement yet in terms of words. Over 30,000 words are written. Quite a bit of art. Uh, great page layout by Ian Moody. Of course, he did a lot of the art and the cover as well. Uh, this supplement, you know, is free PDF you can download to find out how to run a war between the colony and the natives. And there's a lot of great adventure fodder in it. Um, it's systems free, you know, it's just background material, so you can run it for Pathfinder, for Fourth Ed, just be sure for to say, First Edition D and D, Osric, whatever, whatever fantasy RPG you love that is generic Tolkien esque medieval fantasy world. Just be sure to have Cortez just go like the. Yes, the horror. Um, yeah, or you could call him Kurtz uh, this time. <laughs> yes, there you go. Uh, just to, to just make it off. So that that's out. So the we finally got it done. Finally got it out there. We, it took a long time, but quality. Anything worth what, anything good is worth waiting for. Exact. Exactly, Tom. Exactly. Um, so uh, we'll eventually have another one up. The next one that we will do uh, after Gen Con, sometime in the fall, will be on the Lemurian ruins, and this will be more kind of like the the Goblin Hulk, more for any type of game. Um, a lot of just some kick-ass ruins. Well, ancient civilizations, hollow world, kind of like a pulp uh, supplement, so you can run your own over-the-top. Giant albino bats. Uh, giant albino bats. Science is magic and technology and all kinds of fun stuff. So, uh, yeah, it'll be great and awesome. A lot, a lot of Rube Goldberg devices. Uh, well, no, think more like the secret of mana, the continent of Mew, you know, like... You giant. With Rube, Gold, Rube Goldberg devices. You're really, you're really, I, can we have really those, pushing please? that, aren't you? Yeah. I'll, I'll write about it. Okay, that's. Uh, it's funny the uh, in uh, Wild Talons, the RPGs they call people you know the engineers who can build machines uh, Goldbergs because they only work around the the engineers who built them because they're hyper brains. It's a superhero game. Um, you don't care though. I, I yeah. Don't assume things. I might deeply care about this. Okay. Well, uh, we'll we'll talk about that later. Um, maybe. Anyways, uh, next up, uh, bigger news. Uh, <laughs> my book, uh, Road Trip, a can- summer adventure campaign for Stick monsters and other. It, baby, it's done. Ch- other monsters and other childish things. It is finally done. It is eighty thousand words, one hundred ninety-four pages or so, one hundred ninety-two. And it is the coolest thing I have ever seen. It is. It is a monster of a campaign. All kinds of adventures all over the country. Um, your care. There are postcards too that are uh, full color printouts. Uh, or they're they're inserted in the book. Um, PDF has them as well. It's uh, it's it's kind of a different thing. It's I'll be running games of a Gen Con, but if you know, uh, I'll just be uh, shamelessly repeating crit here. Buy my book. Buy my book. 
buy you, my you better, book. Or he'll keep saying it. I will. I will keep saying it. And I playtested it, so I have a stake in this, too. It is. That is true. Uh, Tom is listed as a playtester. And if you uh, listen to our actual play podcast, uh, Sucrose Park, Pastoral Manor, Are You There, Which It's Me, A Monster. Uh, those are all chapters from uh, Road Trip. And so if you want to, if you like those, especially Sucrose Park, uh, we posted that back in June. Um, that a lot of people really responded to that. So um, there you go. Yeah, it's there. It's there. It's all for you now. It's you can order it. It will be printed. It will be out in time for Gen Con. Uh, so if you order it now, you get the PDF right now, and then uh, you will get the book at Gen Con, or it will be mailed, shipped to you after Gen Con. After they're done. With and if Gen you pick Con. it up at Gen Con, you could even meet the author himself. Yes, and I might even sign it. Mother of God. I know. I know. So. uh I'll even give you an RPPR button. Ooh. Supplies are limited. You know. First come, first serve. Pretty much. I only have like 30 or so left. So. Uh, but we'll be using a number of those for something else, too. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. There are rewards for the Kickstarter that has already been met but uh, still going on. Uh, you see, poor Aaron. Uh, he, you know, he can't. Uh, he would have difficulty going to Gen Con this year. Yeah, uh, you know, bad economy. Everyone's you know suffering. So, uh, but we we Aaron is uh, because Tom made a scheduling boo boo. Uh, hey, it's my first time. Be I easy. Know. Be easy with me. <laughs> be gentle. Be gentle. Yeah. Well, that's that just sounds a little creepy. <laughs> coming for you. You think that's creepy? You, for now. Yeah. Because it's coming out of your mouth. Oh, I your see. Your filthy mouth. I know. Um, but no, it's uh, it's past, and Aaron's gonna. Take the ultimate leap of faith, I guess, and run a Call of Cthulhu game at Gen Con. Yeah, no, he will. And um, if you uh, kick into the Kickstarter, uh, it had a $400 goal. We are already at $480. Uh, but if you're a big fan of the APs, we've posted some AP episodes on there uh, that you can get uh, as a preview, uh, including Aaron's first run as a Call of Cthulhu GM. Uh, we're, we're horrible. It. Scott Glancy was wordless just listening to the first 10 minutes. Well, no, he didn't have... He had words for it. He was... Uh, <laughs> yes. uh, I don't want to spoil Do, it, but... I'll say douche nozzles. Yeah, because uh, the players, we were... Uh, nobody looks good in that game. We were, we were like... It was me and the regular gamers, uh, RPPR crew, and uh, we were absolutely terrible as players. I mean... And we, I don't know... I, t- I do not know what happened. I don't. <sighs> we just... You made the worst character. You and Jason made the worst characters for that. So... Uh, Ex-Mormon polygamist turned Scientologist. I mean, I wasn't much better. I made a social well, worker see, named all, well, McBain. All, well, but, all this shit came up later. Yeah. First, but, we just made our characters, but then we had like 35 minutes to wait before Aaron got there. Yeah. So then Idle Jason hands and I... hands are the devil's... Yeah, so Jason and I start talking. Like, hey, what if we were brothers? Hey, he's young. What if he's our son? And by, the, by the time Aaron got there, the seeds of discontent had already been sown. Yep. So, um... It's the yeah he was running the haunting by the way which is in the Call of Cthulhu rule book it's a classic scenario but Aaron he will, at Gen Con he'll be running Divine Fire which is the my scenario the I made World War Two Nazi, Nazi science camp Nazi science camp yes yes in and I will be running another game there yes uh, incident on Bell Island you've already run it once well it's really I, I I ran it when all I really had was the setting yeah that's kind of an idea so uh, we'll post that AP sooner or later maybe yeah uh, it's uh. It's obvious. You can tell right away what exactly how much I had truly planned for it. Yeah. 
in fact, I might throw it up there as a preview episode. So uh, oh, my, oh $10 will God. get you access to the preview episodes. $20 will get you... That uh, and some uh, RPPR swag. Will, uh, yeah, uh, Aaron will mail you a RPPR postcard and a button. And, uh, if you get 40 you'll also get a DVD because... I mean, we shot a video for it. Or I mean, you, you wrote the script and uh, you edited it. Uh, yeah. I just shot it and, you know... First video I ever wrote a script for and edited, by the way. Yeah, so see Tom's dec- uh, directorial debut. Uh, and uh, there's... And you'll, if you have 40 bucks, you'll get a DVD containing a lot of the raw footage, some of our boo-boos. Yeah. And just us yelling instructions at each other. Yeah. In our, in our usual diplomatic tone of, like, you're fucking up. Yeah. Stuff like that. It's, it's fun. Yes. So, um, yeah. Uh, so if you're a big RPPR fan, um, you've, or if you're a big AP fan, I would I, would I believe Aaron's that. actually planning to make this a true DVD. Okay. One well, you can stick in a DVD player and play. Okay. Well, uh, I think that's what he's planning on doing. More power to him. Um, that's it. So, of course, our biggest news is obviously Gen Con is uh, uh, the now, upon us. Now, just a little nearly. more, about 10 days away from, 10 days, from this yes. day. Um, yeah, it'll probably be sooner when I post it. Cause well, we're, we're recording it at the 10 day mark. Yeah. Um, anyways, I'm running three games at Gen Con this year, all of them uh, road trip. I haven't decided which chapter I'll run. Must be uh, nice knowing, like, I don't know what I'm going to run. Yeah, well, I know from what I will run. But not, I, uh, not of which. And I kind of know the material, Tom. I, I mean, I, oh, do you? I, yeah, do I you wrote really? it, Tom. Oh, you I wrote, wrote it. it. I wrote it, Tom. And I, in this and, game, are there monsters? There in are the fucking school. monsters all over the place. Even They're the all up in this bitch. Even in the school. Even in the school. They're in the school. They're in the the, the theme park, the farm, the, the desert, the the kingdom of Oz. But the desert, the Area Fifty One, yeah, awesome, yeah, California. Do you, you know what the name of the dry lake bit is at Area Fifty One? Uh, I can't. Ooh. Groom Lake. Groom Lake. That's it. Yeah. Motherfucker, you couldn't remember that. I. It was on the tip of my tongue, Tom. I don't believe you. Yeah, well, shut up, Tom. I don't want to. Uh, but yeah, I'm running three games. What about you, Tom? I'm running one game. You're running one whole game. It's my first one I've ever run at a convention. Oh, poor baby. So if you, so if, hard. if you people in it, could you be gentle to me? Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> you know how many games I ran last year? Six. And you said never again. Because it was I didn't have time to do anything else. Not because Oh, of, poor baby Brock couldn't do anything at his convention. Well, I ran literally 24 hours of straight. Well, actually, more than that, because I ran an after-hours game, too. But you're so graceful, grateful to do. And I did. Because I'm, I'm a great GM. I'm awesome. <laughs> and my <laughs> modesty, only my modesty exceeds my ability as a game master. I, it truly is inspiring <laughs> to see. Uh, you're speechless. No, I'm not speechless. I can still talk. But. So anyways, my first game's uh, Thursday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, Friday, 4 to 8 p.m. And then Saturday, 10, to 2, 10 a.m. Yeah. to 2 p.m. Uh, Tom, you're yeah. You're, both both of my both of my games are at the exact same time. Well, not your one game. Aaron is running the uh, other game. Yeah, that's why we're having this fundraiser so yes. Aaron can get there so he can run the game. Now, uh, as I said, as I mentioned in the Kickstarter, this could be a great story of you know fear being overcome by determination, or it could be a display in awkwardness, a uh, train wreck of epic proportions. Yes. So, so uh, uh, it could be either one. Yeah, it will be recorded either way. Yeah. And as soon as we get back, you'll have access to it. Yes, of course. Um, but, yeah, and I will be running my uh, my game at 1 o'clock on Thursday. Yeah. So, um, the show title we have, you know, Adventures in the Real World, obviously applying to, you know, Gen Con. Gen Con's the great adventure of comedy. Well, for gamers. Yes, yes. Uh, tabletop gamers. I mean, you know, if you're going, if you're a Vigi gamer, I'm sure, you know, PAX. E- or, or E3. Well, no, E3 is a press event. It's not really. Well, I'm sorry, Ross. PAX. I'm not... Penny Arcade Expo. That's, that's. Why? Fine. Why don't you just do that? I did. Just ignore everything I say, because obviously I have nothing to add. Anyway. 
Um, we we also uh, you can use it uh, apply to your own RPGs, your own tabletop games. I think the you know I, I've I've mentioned this several times before is that I played in this World War Two based campaign that was where we were just civilians. So it's GURPS 25 point characters. Yeah, GURPS right? 25 point characters. We were civilians hiding out in Nazi Germany. I played a Jewish doctor and it was a great campaign because I actually survived. And just surviving, you know, living in Nazi-occupied Europe was pretty fucking hard, you know. Yeah. Um, so, what, uh, uh, what, it gave me a thought, you know, like all these games, almost every game out there, every RPG, is focused on either, you know, supernatural, uh, science fiction, or the uh, cinematic action, some sort of larger-than-life thing where there's there's some sort of X factor that... And, you know, well, that's let's separate. be honest, that's what most gamers want to do. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a, you know, the escapism is obviously there, but... I, but, you know, it is occasionally nice to dip your toe into the other side of the pool. Right, yeah, the real world. And so this episode, this we're going to talk about some ideas you can have for adventures or entire campaigns uh, set in the real world with normal people. And by normal people, I mean they could be, you know... Cops or soldiers or criminals or whatever, but, but not but, but, yeah, but not a nano nanotech enhanced soldier. Well, or, or not a feng shui action hero, not a John Woo badass hard boiled detective, or a Jedi. Well, that Tom Jedi's aren't real. What? Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to break your bubble, but uh, burst your bubble. But uh, you son of a bitch. I know they're religion in England, but you know that's 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 they're just joking. So anyway, you mean they lied to me? <laughs> they did lie to you. Those. Bastards! I know you can't trust a Jedi. You can't trust anyone. Well, with their mind tricks and all. Anyway, um, so what I was doing is I came up with an idea for a whole campaign. Tom had a bunch of ideas. Well, right yeah, I think here's uh, I, I noticed. I thoroughly. I mean, well, I create character games and based on the larger than life stuff. Right. And I suddenly realized as I was sitting down trying to think of this shit. Yeah. It's a lot harder than I thought. Yeah, it can be. You have to really, you have to think about it. I mean, like the World War Two game worked because it's a very dramatic situation, and um, you know, you want you, you, a real world game shouldn't be boring or anything like that. It should be just as exciting as any game. You know, shooting zombies with Tommy guns or whatever, or blowing up, uh, you know, Sith lords with force lightning or whatever. Um, force light? No, that's a dark side. Or creating a starship made of bat- blaster yeah, rifles. Exactly. Uh, but so I, I, I uh, you know. One of my things, I'm, I'm very interested in sort of what's going on in the real world and what in certain areas. For example, I know I've mentioned this on the, I'm, I'm sure I've mentioned this on the podcast before. There's a blog I read called Global Gorillas, and it talks about new trends in uh, insurgencies, terrorist movements, um, that you know what they what he calls you know fifth generation warfare. The idea that uh, people can in, use 21st technology, 21st century technology to gain disproportional benefits when fighting larger institutions. For example, cell phones give everyone an advantage, but the little guy much more of an advantage than the larger guy just because of the scale of diminishing returns mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. So, um, you know, I've been reading about it, and, you know, combining with sort of what I've been looking up, I think you could run a, a global guerrilla-type campaign set in any number of places in the real world uh, that could be very interesting to play through. For example... Um, you know, Iraq or Afghanistan come to mind immediately. Uh, and both of those, the they have what they call coin, counterinsurgency, where the idea isn't to just kill every single Taliban or Iraqi insurgent, but to try and co-opt them, uh, try and pacify the people. And they use a lot of sophisticated strategy, strategies to do this. And it's very interesting to see how the Taliban responds. 
Like, for example, I just read that the ta- you know, they're building this massive hydro, they're updating this massive uh, hydroelectric dam in uh, mm-hmm. Afghanistan. Like, $100 million, huge project. And, of course, the U.S. government thinks, hey, we'll do this. The people will see that we're the ones who can provide them with power and safety, and they'll stop supporting the Taliban. But do you know how the Taliban responded? I think you're going to tell me. <laughs> the Taliban started going to people's houses and charging them for the power that the U.S. government, the Afghani government, was uh, generating. It's like, yeah, you're getting this power. Well, you're going to pay us a, a fee because we're the ones outside your door with an AK-47. Um, or the other day, they started uh, basically uh, hacking the grid, like actually, you know, changing the power grid around so that uh, people who are friendly to the Taliban got power electricity and the people who weren't friendly to the Taliban didn't get electricity so they're sort of co-opting hmm. what all this massive investment is and because it's such a this uh, power grid is over such a large area the US government can't defend everything at once so i mean that's that's like that would be a very interesting adventure to play is like how do you defeat you know the Taliban doing that you can't just kill them all because there's too many of them you don't have enough mm-hmm. forces to do that so um, the US government has these things called human terrain team ter- human terrain teams which are uh, sociologists, anthropologists, linguists who go around and try and figure out how all these different tribal factions relate to each other. And um, the idea is to you know, figure out a way to peacefully get them to work with us instead of them. And that would be a fascinating campaign, you know, I think, to try and you know, play the part of the human terrain team or locals who are working with the mm-hmm. Afghani government or something like that to try and... Um, do that so that that's one example the the global guerrilla yeah. campaign i have more but or uh, somalia somalia well somalia is even worse because that's like that's literally an anarchist state i mean there's no government there well we've all seen that you know come to somalia video yeah exactly yeah. libertarian paradise yeah government free since 1993 exactly uh that actually brings up a good point i even thought piracy nautical mm-hmm. piracy now you could play it from either side either like the players as a scenario are captured by pirates and they have to figure out how to survive or they are pirates or they are pirates and there's actually some people have written like uh, interesting papers on how the business of piracy works out. Like everyone gets shares, everyone's put in a certain amount of money. The backers have to get so much money back before the pirates get yeah. paid. But also, I've heard also freelance pirates are getting less and less because now like pirate lords are essentially taking over. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a very dynamic. It's a, if you look at it from the structure of a game, you know, then it becomes very interesting. I mean, in the real world, it's obviously very tragic and very violent, mm-hmm. and regrettable. But you know, that's the stuff that game, good games are yeah. made of. And, and also, the, the pirates sounds... are the pirates are kind of rock stars in Somalia too. In, in really, okay, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, but... I mean, especially before, like you know, this the you know the pirate you know the independent pirates, especially. Yeah, they're yeah, they're celebrities in Somalia. Oh yeah, cool. Especially when they raid, you know, American or. All right. European ships. So we play, yeah, playing uh, sort of a live fast, die young kind of campaign. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, personally, I it was also just trying to learn about a different culture and like portray not in a way that would be, you know, kind of dumb or all right, but just trying, you know, it's like, you know, when you're doing a World War II game, you want to get the accuracy right. You want to get the details right. So you learn a lot about what's going on in World War II. Yeah. Or, you know, and so. also, I, I, re- I, re- I listened to an interview with the captain of the cargo ship that was taken hostage. Oh, yeah. And, um, Listening to that's kind of interesting because you know, cause he actually got you know he was with the pirates the whole time. Yeah, and so you know you 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 sent you you essentially find that they're not they never really expect that much trouble. Oh yeah, because it's it's pretty much you know they get on board, you know like they'll ransom or steal a bunch of stuff and then go. Right. Because they don't want the navy to show up. No, of course not, because they'll lose because they only have a few guns and they have you know. Uh, Zodiacs, not uh, mm-hmm. armored but they, ships. The, yeah. But they said the, guy, the captain said the, they also knew that they weren't they weren't going to actually storm the ship and 
endanger right. hostages. Right, because that would be bad business. Exactly. So yeah, it's a very complex kind of set of uh, uh, arrangements. So I think it would be very uh, interesting to run that kind of game. Now, Tom, you had a lot of different ideas. So um, I'll, I'll go back to the global gorillas thing. But let, let, where were well, some? Well, okay, I had okay. Some were like uh, obviously crime. Yeah. Which is a huge category. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it could be. I mean, it's this could be anything from players playing criminals, just trying to do a criminal act, which is a lot harder than one might think. Mm. Yeah. I mean, even just planning a you know run into a small town bank, rob it, and leave. There's right. a lot of planning that has to go into that. Well, to to not get caught. I mean, to most, not get caught. Yeah. Most of the criminals who do that don't plan, and they get caught. You know. Um, By doing stuff stupid like leave it like wearing gloves, but then taking the gloves off and leaving them. Yeah. Which has happened. Yeah. So yeah, planning a like a, a bank robbery campaign straight up with no you know cybernetics or magic or, spells or, or you know or you know the. Or the you know getting to the power grid, you know how hack hack everything. Just mm. planning a straight out old fashioned, you know one guy sits in a car outside, the others run in, yeah. secure the place, grab a bunch of money, and get out, preferably in sixty seconds or less. Right, right. But there's a lot of crap that goes into that. Um, there's a interesting book I I, I have called uh, McMafia. It talks mm-hmm. about how, um, yeah, right up there. Um, it's about the new trends in global crime. Like criminal syndicates are just branching out everywhere, and uh, one of the things I find interesting is that governments are getting in it. Mm-hmm. Like uh, in, in Iran, uh, the Revolutionary Guards become like the massive smuggling organization. In order well, they pretty much are the biggest corporation in the country. Right. Yeah, and they uh, they they billions of dollars in smuggling. Yeah. In fact, I've heard like kind of forget the president and forget the Ayatollah. It's the Revolutionary Guard. Well, it, it, I mean, I've heard I've heard conflicting things on that. Like, you know, so the, well, obvi- yeah, so the Ayatollahs, I think, have a little more power. But, I mean, a, a very complex power arrangement, much more complex than we think. And that could be a very interesting game where you're playing this, like, uh, you're, 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 you're supposed to work for the government, but you're really a gangster. So, like, North Korea, I mean, that's even mm-hmm. worse. Like, they sell meth all over, you know, Asia, and they yeah. counterfeit money. They and, it, yeah, it may think, like, well, that's bad. Well, if you're, asking, if you're just playing a soldier who's trying to just make money support a family right and you're getting paid pittance and then suddenly you're offered like three times your salary to go do this criminal act yeah exactly you know what are you gonna do yeah exactly i mean it's it's no different than you know uh the gangsters here i mean a lot of them do that because of the uh it's the only economic thing that makes sense um so that that's one angle of it um so yeah that that's a that's a very good point um for me, like I was thinking, like uh, the Mexican drug cartels, that oh, would yeah. be another for a, a global guerrilla game. Now, the idea I wouldn't want it to be so simple as being like either working for the, the players start out working for the cartels or for the U.S. government, you know, border patrol or something like that. That's too simple. I'd rather them like play Mexican civilians caught in the middle, caught in the middle. Yeah, no. basically. I mean, it's really crazy what's going on there. I've read news stories where literally villages have set up moats, like you know, they dig ditches so the uh, bad guys can't. They'll just literally raid the village uh, in SUVs and grab people at random to hold them for hostage, you know, for uh, ransom. ransom. Yeah. Um, and it's like that, you know, you could do a whole Seven Samurai game where, like, you're all playing, you know, private military, you know, uh, ex soldiers or something like that, trying to defend a village from Mexican drug. Ga- I mean, that's a little more cinematic, right. but, like. Or stuff like Proof of Life. Yeah, Proof of Life. There you go. Like, that's that, a ver- very good movie, by the way. Um, yeah, Russell Crowe. Uh, who's the woman? Was that? David Caruso as well as in it. Uh really? Oh yeah, you're He's right. the other who, who's the woman? Was that was uh, that Meg Ryan? Anne Hesh, I think. Anne Hesh, yeah. I think it was Anne Hesh. Um where, Meg Ryan or Anne Hesh. Yeah. I get those two confused. Yeah. <laughs> they're different people, but yeah, they're uh 
Anyway, um, but so, yeah, Russell the- Crowe. That's all you would need to know. Yeah, so the players could play the part of Nego- the team of I mean, Obviously, I mean, at the end, they go full-on military, rescue the hostages. But I love the scene, just like the negotiating with a guy on the other end of a radio. Right, yeah, no, they're very intense, uh, very well done. And there's a lot of complexity to that. Like, you could do military action games, but, like, in a real world, you have to, you know, use rules that make sense. Like, you know, dam- guns are very, very damaging. Like, you get hit with an AK-47 round, Yeah, you're... You're going down. You're having a bad day. Yes, you are. <laughs> Never mind if they break out RPGs. Yeah, yeah. RPG, you're pretty much fucked uh, if they hit you. So um, yeah, it's, I would say like for you know realistic gun stat statistics for a game, RPG hit die. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, well, if it's a direct on hit, I'm sure if it, if it was like 20 feet away, you know, like well, yeah. shrapnel and you know, um, so th- that's a very or you know Black Hawk Down. If you wanted an ac- a realistic action game, I mean, there's that. Mm-hmm. I mean that actually happened. I mean you can do you know? military stuff as, as you know as more just real world stuff, not super yeah. soldiers. Right. Um, so that those are some of the ideas. Um, you know, I had a, a, what were your some of? Uh, your well, ideas? there's I also um, if you want to go a little more lighthearted, you know, there's I was you, know, you could do stuff like uh, I think I think we actually did something like this once, but playing like, having the players be members of a uh, movie crew. Trying just trying to act, you know to film a film the movie they they want to do. Um, I did run a one shot like that, but that was a that was a horror game. Like the idea was that you were actually filming on an abandoned government site with actual monsters in it. So that kind of fails my test in that that right. regard. But yeah, the, but I, but I mean the the movie uh, State in Maine. Yeah, which is another good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's essentially real you know, realizing the difficulty of filming a movie. Yeah, which you know dealing dealing with local governments, unions, you know. The stars who, oh yeah, the special need stars as, yeah, yeah. There's someone who said that someone was at was interview on NPR. They were asking who's the most difficult actor you've ever worked with. They said uh, Gary Busey. <laughs> he says he's what they call a special needs actor. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, if you wanted a lighthearted game, another idea would obviously be in the 15 minutes of fame. Uh, players are somehow thrust in the uh, spotlight. They could either be like reality TV stars. They could right. be internet YouTube stars. The idea is obviously dealing with all the people who try and leech your money off or lottery winners. That's a, that's a classic thing. Oh um, yeah, the sudden wealth syndrome. Yeah, exactly. Which is an actual. Oh yeah. Illness. No, I mean it. It like people go crazy when they they see the money and they just stop. You know, they become evil assholes <laughs> or something. Um, it's going someone back. Uh, Brazil, uh, the Fuevlas, the, uh, the the shanty towns mm-hmm. that are dot all over Brazil. If you ever see City of God or City of Men, um, you can see it's a very brutal life, and uh, just trying to live in those sort of conditions would yeah. be a challenge. Yeah. Or uh, along the same line, a prison. A prison, yeah. A lot of I mean, prisons. Obviously, uh, like Shawshank Redemption. Right, yeah. Shawshank. Just surviving, Oz, yeah, yeah. surviving in a prison. Right. Um, that's true. That's true. Um Let's see some of the other things. Uh, you mentioned uh, like investigations that that would be interesting. Yeah, uh, one one of the ideas the uh, you know Ross thought of like one pretty clear idea. I kind of had like twelve to fifteen half ideas in my head because I suddenly realized it's hard for me to plan something in real world. Well, that, that's another reason why I sort of brought this topic mm-hmm. up. It's because we're in in RPGs. It's all it's so focused on you know the supernatural doing things that you can't do in real life that. It's sort of an exercise in sort of building up your creativity and trying to limit yourself in this way. Yeah, like, okay, like one slightly more cinematic idea I had yeah. was uh, players playing members of the of an NTSB investigation team. Right. For like a plane crash. Right. 
which there's a, you know you could throw in terrorism, you could throw in like kind of the you know, corporate espionage thriller stuff. If you actually discover there is a there was a faulty system in the plane that their other planes are still flying around with. Right, and then you like the government cover up or the corporate cover up. Yeah. yeah, the the airline industry, the 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 manufacturer, you know, tries to buy you off or you know, course you're into giving up. Uh, and then with the terrorist things, then you can do a joint investigation with the FBI or Department of Justice. Right. Um, Homeland Security. Homeland Security, yes, very good. Um, one thing I was thinking is actually you can't you can't do it in a variety of dramas. You just, we sort of mentioned you know survivalist stuff, uh, investigation, crime, but you can also do a horror game set in the real world. And my example is you know you wouldn't even have to use the serial killer. Um, there's a situation a lot of people find themselves is very horrific, and it's being trapped in a cult. Yeah. And if you read up on cults. Like they have, like the first thing to do, isolate the, isolate you from ever, from the rest of the world. Yeah, and uh, pretty much they you make it impossible for you to leave. They by pretty much taking all your money, all your passports, your IDs. Yeah, and then uh, and then make then basically you know making you totally subservient on them. Right. That's how pretty much how they operate. And you could do this from either one of two ways. One, like outsiders trying to rescue a family member or a loved one from a cult, and or the know, other one like. You're a cult. You're in a cult, and you suddenly realize this is getting. This is right. These people are are freaking crazy. Right, and then so figuring out some sort of way why you can get out without having a cult literally track yeah. you down and kill you. Uh, yeah, just just imagine if you were in like the Branch Davidian compound. Yeah, see that would be the yeah. finale. Is like yeah, like suddenly like the or the beginning. You would be like the beginning is like you know the the government siege on the compound. That's when you wake up and you realize oh shit this is too real. You find you, there's an escape tunnel, and so you're still with the cult, but the cult's on the run, and you have to get away from them while still finding a way to clear your name. You mm-hmm. know, like say I'm not, I, I was crazy, but not anymore. Uh, I got better. Yeah, I got better. <laughs> um, please don't shoot me. Please don't throw me in prison. Um, so there's there's a, a, a for another couple ideas for the global gorillas thing. Um, did you know there's like a Maoist rebellion going on in India? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I uh, NPR, I do actually kind of keep up to date on some of that. Yeah. Uh, they're called the Naxalites, and it's been going on for like 30 years, and they control uh, a pretty large chunk of India. I mean, not, they don't control, but they're active in a very large chunk of India, and they're a very violent group, and um, the, I feel sorry for the people who are living in between these two groups, because you have on one side the government uh, is trying to evict all these farmers and poor people from their land because they have resources that the, you know, the richer one. And so that's why the Naxalites formed, is to protect the people from these things. But, but as usual, the goal gets... Well, they, they just became so violent and uh, so... That they scared the hell out of the people they were trying to protect. So it's like... And they got in, like, criminals. They started recruiting criminals. And, yeah, it's um, like, so... As you're... The peasants, like, who do you support? The government wants to evict you or these people who are freaking Well, the crazy? government, like, sends them, sends them in these camps and... Uh, you know, beats them, kills people at random. I mean, it's, it's it, it. Both sides are ruthless and utterly, you know, uh, sadistic. I mean, it's it's a very complex. There, situation. Are, there aren't. Yeah, there, there's no heroes or villains in this. Yeah. So, well, there are a lot of villains. There's no. I don't know if there's any heroes, but um, just trying to survive in that kind of area where you're not sure yeah. who you can trust, who you can't trust, who's really working for whom. Well, it's not black and white. Yeah. It's all so. Gray. Um, that's that's another thing. Um, you know, one other, you know, it's just, I think it probably helps you if you, you try and think of what type of adventure you could do that would be interesting to have normal people without special abilities or resources. Like, what can you do? I think, you know, surviving in a difficult situation mm-hmm. 
would be interesting. Like the Nazi game, you know, the the World War II Nazi game was very fun because you know just getting past checkpoints, you know, getting supplies for you know basic survival. Mm-hmm. That was that was that I was. Thought, I thought of a bunch of scenarios for quarantine zones. Okay, yeah, being, exactly. being stuck behind a quarantine zone. Right. Um, there are many circumstances where I mean, lot, and hell, it, it doesn't have to be modern day. You could do you could do the Black Plague. Right. Exactly. Historical games. That's another. We, we're we're sort of focusing on it here and now, but historical games that don't have any super again no no x factor the black death i mean like societies were literally crumbling apart Mm -hmm. um villages were just disappearing just wiped off the face of the earth um you know you had all these raiders you know all these other people um you know peasant rebellions and a bunch and a bunch of you know religious fanaticism was always there but you know some groups weren't that were especially fanatic oh yeah no you know and uh blaming every single group in the world for the cause of the plague i i think i i mean i've always been interested in the idea of peasant rebellions in the middle ages because you have this uh you know these uh, uh, the how the lords try and put them down, how the aristocrats try and put them down on the church sides with them, and you know the peasants very brutal to the you know landlords, and obviously then they were all executed horribly and massacred and all this other stuff. So like, well, yes, yeah, I've heard, most peasant rebellions, yeah, they can actually fight to win stuff, but they can never keep it, right? Because they don't have support. I mean, well, and also they don't have they don't have knights. Yeah, at the, especially at the time of that, they. You, know, yeah. you you may have numbers, but right. So yeah, it it it's all depends on morale. You know, facing down a bunch of armored professional warriors and big badass horses with big swords—that's fucking scary. Um, so yeah, that 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 could be an interesting thing. Like you're you're a ragtag group of you know uh, rebels trying to pull a Robin Hood, basically. So uh, only in the real world. So uh, yeah, uh, live fast. Which die. Uh, yeah, that's a lot. A lot of this would be kind of live fast, die hard stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, especially in the Middle Ages and the Dark Ages. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. you didn't call Cthulhu's lethal. I mean, yeah, like... shit. Just like, yeah, like try try to exist for a week in the Dark Ages. Yeah, without dying. Um, and then again, a lot of research. I mean, the Middle Ages were a lot more uh, racy and a lot more uh, intense than people think. You read the the Canterbury Tales and all these other source. Well, legends. we kind of have tended to uh, romanticize. Well, the, they think it's very period. staid and very you know like quaint and nice, and they're very uh, no. It's it was brutal yeah. as hell. Yeah. So. In fact, in a lot of ways, probably a little more brutal. Than yeah, they think of the the the, sh- the tales of chivalry, you know, and the King yeah. Arthur and all, that. and that's how people think the Middle Ages or, or those the Renaissance festivals. I've right, seen. exactly. You know, and I notice no one's really portraying peasants. Yeah, there. Well, they do, but you know, but it's like yeah. oh, it's like we're 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 wearing ratty, ratty clothing. Yeah, but yeah, we're not. But we're not starving. Exactly. No, we're, no yeah, we're, star- we're not. Like, we're not have a turkey leg. Yeah. You know, my arm didn't just fall off from leprosy. <laughs> Nice, nice. And the church and the church doesn't want to con- isn't controlling every aspect of right. my life. Or historical uh uh again sort of rebellions insurgencies are sort of a, a pet or try, or, topic or, or of you could do a game surviving Valley Forge. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um or uh, the Battle of Algiers, you know, the mm-hmm. battle fight. Um there there's or, I, I I thought of another idea I thought of. Yeah. Um playing southerners, you know, trying to get out of the way of Sherman's march to the sea. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that could be a very so sort sort of an odyssey. You know, you yeah. can all, throw all kinds of things at them, uh, and that's more American history. People are going to be, or at least you know, our American listeners are going to be more uh, familiar with that. Yeah, 
Or um, it's to show that America's America's not all pr- prominent badasses. Try escaping from Washington D.C. during the Battle of eighteen, the War of eighteen twelve, and it was burned. The point is that history is full of horrible, horrible things. That is great game. Fire. That are great tragedies that would make great entertaining games. Because tragedy sells. Yeah, exactly. You know, like oh yeah, lots of people died horribly. Oh man, that'll be awesome to play in. Yeah. yeah, like, and you could get, like, I got obscure. Like, I was thinking, like, maybe I could do something in the aftermath of the Mont Blanc explosion, <laughs> which is a, a ship that was transporting, like, several thousand tons of cordite explosives that was hit by another ship, drifted in, uh, drifted through this town on the on a river in, a, like, up in Canada, and then blew up. Yeah. And it pretty much flattened most of the town on both sides of the river. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. It is. Wow. Um... Finally, I, I was thinking, uh, you know, you could do uh, sort of hypothetical situations. I know a lot of people um, in America, like there's a book I, I, I've uh, read part of called The Shock Doctrine, Disaster Capitalism. And there's another book uh, off the books talking about the underground economies in uh, uh, urban ghettos. Um, you could do a game of people who are forced to evacuate a circumstance because of like a hurricane or an earthquake or you know, any number of things or an oil spill and trying to relo- relocate in a sort of near future dystopian thing. I th- a lot of people think, you know, there's going to be, oh, FEMA concentration camps or whatever. I mean, that's, you know, that's a little paranoid or whatever, but I think <coughs> it's, uh, you've seen the movie Children of Men. Yes. Something like that in America, I think, could be a very interesting thing, you know, uh, trying to deal with uh, gangs forming in these shanty towns, these uh, decrepit cities, or, uh, you know, dealing with government people who are just, you know, have no idea of what to do, corporations that are profiteering. I mean, you could do a really interesting game like that. Um, I'll have some show links up there, a couple books, aside the ones I just mentioned. Um, Cities Under Siege, talking about how... Uh, We've taken a lot of the techniques we've used, learned from uh, the places we've occupied, like the Philippines and Iraq, in terms of surveillance and police tape stuff, and we start applying them to our own society. And mm-hmm. you know, like using drones, uh, we use drones to surveil in Iraq. And so what are we doing now? We're using those same drones to uh, watch the border. So what about they start, you know, uh, watching, they start moving inland to start watching, you know, er, er, uh, cities. Um, so, I mean, just, it, it, it's kind of crappy to think about, like, oh, yeah, this is really happening, but, again, it's gameable. <laughs> so. What, yeah, truly, I mean, we, I know we did an episode on happy things in games. Yeah. But you, that's another thing, you, we, you really have to actually try to do that. Yeah. Tragedy's easy. Yeah, 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 no joke. Um, we are, um, well, not, not necessarily tragedy, just, uh, well, tra- tra- tragedy is the best kind of drama. Circumstances that allow interesting adventures, conflict, uh, obstacles to overcome. I mean, I think these are the sort of the foundation of good games. Uh, also, you have moral dilemmas. I think not black and white issues. So you have a moral gray area. Um, you know, some other uh, places to look at, like the TV show The Wire. Mm-hmm. Uh, you watch that. I mean, you can't you can't tell me that you know like people wouldn't want to play Omar or you know the Detective McNulty or something like that. Uh, season one, uh, or any of the seasons, really. Um, or let's see here, training or the day. shield, the shield, the um, training day, Breaking Bad. I mean, it, obviously, so we're sort of focusing on the crime stuff, um, but there's a lot. If you think about it, the most TV shows and most movies, uh, most stories are about normal people in extraordinary circumstances. <laughs> like most movies, I don't think, 
feature, you know, superhuman badasses with supernatural powers. I still think that even though there's some are blockbusters, you know, it, <coughs> you okay there, Tom? Yeah, dry throat. Oh, I see. Um, you you see these movies, and I think you can uh, people find them really fascinating. You know, you know, Shawshank Redemption, all these all these other stories. Um, well, yeah, so, I it's I've actually determined that's one of my problems with anime. Yeah. I don't, I, you know, they're full of invincible, swaggering characters. Yeah, and I, I don't like them at all. Yeah, no, the, 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 the that's sort of a cultural trope, though, or a um, convention of Japanese stories, anyways, of the, the arrogant, the you know, the, the hero full of hubris. Um, but especially in anime, because that's again more of an escapist thing for them. They, right, but people, the char- people watch the uh, anime, the Japanese people, they want to be that. Well, guy. characters with no flaws. Right. Or you know that are invincible. Right, right. Yeah, that I, they are the they are the worst stories for me. You don't like Goku? No, I don't. Ah, Goku's awesome. Okay, not really. Uh, did you know Soldier Boy, the rapper? You know him? Mm. He just put out a rap song called Anime. Really? He talks about Goku. How cool it is. Seriously. Hmm. Yeah, it's a thing. Okay. You don't. Uh. You believe me? Yeah, I believe you. Okay. I just don't think you'd make that up on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, that, that this is, uh, again, sort of giving an idea. The real world is full of situations that are very gameable. Uh, you know, if you have ideas that we haven't even touched upon, um, not survival, not comedy, not horror, not yeah. uh, investigation. But also, know your group so they know that they'd be into this. Yeah. I think a lot of gamers are very interested in history, so I think a historical game would be very good. You know, the World War II game, you know, um, obviously grabbed me on the bat. I'm interested in, you know, I have sort of weird interest in like, oh, wow. Um, oh, one other idea that could mm. be done. Um, there's, uh, like in Africa, there have been several cases of like the dogs, of, the movie The Dogs of War, uh, or there's a, a group, the Wonga Coup. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a small island country in Africa. Uh, longer where these British people decide to take over to launch a coup and they almost and they were just very horribly inept uh, but there's a book about it uh, which is on my bookshelf right there on the third shelf down um, and uh, it's right next to the how done it um, it's about these African guys these westerners trying to take over an African country and that's the thing that happens a lot you know that the colonialism you know trying to bring in you know take over so you can exploit the hell out of it mm. um, so you can play the bastards trying to take over a country or you could play the uh, the, the the natives trying to fight fight them off or the the corrupt government trying to make a deal with them I mean there's a lot of angles for that so um, yeah 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 um, so just keep them. So you try at least a one shot, you know, for your group of an adventure set in the real world, you know, with world. real people, with real world. Um, so uh, and yeah. tell them no, they they cannot have a shirt. They cannot have a tank. No, no. Well, unless they're playing tank commanders in, in Africa, Tobruk, you know, nineteen forty two. Yeah, and they're in a uh, they're in a shitty British tank versus you know German tigers. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> quick game. <laughs> yeah, very quick. Yeah. All right, so uh, we'll be back. Uh, Tom does not have a letter because he's lazy, because he's a horrible person. Um, yeah, but... there's other reasons, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's mostly because you're a horrible person. Well, I, you, you keep telling me that. Yeah. Anyways, if, if I keep hearing but that we enough. But we will be talking about Aaron's game, first run. I kind of figure that maybe I shouldn't do a letter because there's so much to talk about that. Okay. And it's... And it, you know, it, and it was not going to be how, t- how uh, inept he was. No, it's more how horrible we are. Yeah, no, we were fucking 
assholes in that game. Oh my god! And then of course Tom's uh, starting up a cyberpunk game. We'll just mention a little. We got yeah, we got it. We got to mention that. Yeah, Uh, and then of course shout outs and all that junk. So we'll be right back. And we're back. And Tom's a horrible monster. I know. Yeah. Anyway. Well, at least I don't. At least I don't. Uh, I'll disallow players from influencing others with skills. Yes. <laughs> no, yeah. That's, obviously, that's I'm, I'm, I'm the worst GM ever for not letting PCs mind control other PCs. Anyway. Um, well, first of all, I think we got some shout outs, don't we? Uh, yeah. Since we're not doing your letter, I guess we can do the shout outs first. Since uh, you're 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 a monster. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Yeah, so why don't you, why don't you give us your little uh, first shout-out there, Tom? Fine. It's a movie Ross and I watched. Yeah. The Good, the Bad, and the Weird. Yes. And uh, just so you know how what Ross thought of it, after we were done, Ross kept repeating for about ten minutes, that fucking movie. That fucking movie, man. Yeah, it's it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a Korean movie. It's a Korean Western. Yeah. Set in Manchu- 1930s in- Manchuria, China. Mm-hmm. So. And, uh, so, yeah, there's swords, axes... Sten guns, artillery barrages. Yeah, but it's a western. But it is a western, and, and it's a it's a MacGuffin western. Yeah, they're all chasing after the treasure map and junk, and it's uh, yeah, it's 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 a movie. It's it's a and movie. It's one that I really can't go into detail describing because it seems to defy. That. You can't be told what the good and the bad was. I was going to avoid that, Ross. But if, <laughs> if you want to go the major truth, fine. Because, uh, okay, okay I, I'm going to use this moment to bring up that. No, one can be told what the Matrix is. You could sit right down and tell him the Matrix is this world that is fake. And I you're see. connected to it. What is so hard about that? Well, he wouldn't believe you. Yeah, I know. And then there would be no resistance. Well, So if you think about it, Cypher was right. He, no. did, he did lie to them. Uh, anyway, uh, so that's, that's, that, that's my rant. Yes. Your, your, your awesome rant. Uh, next up another movie, blue collar, a Paul Schrader movie. He, Paul Schrader, of course, uh, wrote uh, taxi driver. Uh, this is blue collars, 1978 movie. Uh, uh, it's uh, sort of a real world adventure. It's about three, uh, auto workers who decide to rob their union. No, never a good idea. Well, they they find out that the un- they grab the the book and they find out inside of the money, the book is uh, full of illegal loans. So they're like, "Oh shit, uh, the union is up to illegal business." And what do we do cuz we need money? And so uh, it stars um Richard Pryor, Harvey Keitel, and Yafet Kodo. Uh Yafet Kodo was the uh the uh guy black guy from uh Alien. So mm-hmm. that's where probably a lot of you have seen them. Uh, it's a great movie, great actor. Richard Pryor, it's a serious movie. Richard Pryor is an amazing, serious actor. I mean, he's not just a well, comedian. So. Uh, Joss Whedon yeah. actually said, if you want uh, if you want to do someone to do drama, get a comedian. Yeah. 
Um, well, good point because he it's an amazing movie, and I read up at, uh, uh, the behind the he, uh, scenes stuff uh, on Wikipedia and uh, IMDb. Apparently, the three main actors hated each other and got into fist fights frequently after the in between you know shooting scenes. Damn. So they're supposed to be playing best friends, but they fucking hated each other. Um, and I can't see Richard Pryor beating Harvey Keitel in a fist fight, uh, no. especially because well, so you're saying people that are friends could actually be enemies. Yeah, something like that. Like, um, and actually, really insult each other. I know. Insult well, people's faces. acting. Yes, acting. Um, so is this what we do? I know. It's it's a mis- It's mysteries. It's layers upon layers, Tom. It always is. It's a rich tapestry. <laughs> no. um, so anyway, it's a great movie. Uh, very serious drama. Very uh, very well acted. Um, I I would recommend it. it it's a it's a good fair movie. enough. All right, all right, Tom, you had another one. Yes, uh, the next one is an, is a TV series that I watched uh, called The IT Crowd. It's a mm-hmm. Brit- British show, mm-hmm. kind of uh, The Office and uh, Big Bang Theory. Yeah, it's about yeah it's it's a comedy it's a comedy sitcom about people in the IT department of a company. Yeah, it's got a well, as of season two, it has two actors from Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, which is awesome. Of course, Dark Place is a masterpiece. Yes, it is. But it crowning is, achievement of Western civilization. But it is a, it is exceptionally funny and very good. There was no there was no episode I did not like. Yeah. So, um, it's on Netflix if you want to rent it, or if you can watch it any other way. I highly recommend it. That reminded me of another shout out I uh, had that I didn't I didn't mention to you earlier. Um, it's also about you know IT nerds, um, but it's a, sort of slightly different. It's, it's a novel called The Fuller Memorandum uh, by Charles Strauss. Charles Strauss is of course a very geeky author who uh, uh, he's the one who created the Githyan Key, uh, Githyanki in D and D. He nice. or, but. I like that. Uh, he uh, he has a series called the Laundry Novels, uh, which are about the idea is uh, the basic conceit is that mythos magic, Cthulhu mythos magic, is really a field of mathematics. So if you write the right equation, you can summon an alien horror from beyond time and space. So computers really help you do this. Of course, they make it really dangerous too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the full there's three novels: the Atrocity Archives, Jennifer Morgan, the Fuller Fuller Memorandum. Uh, Fuller Memorandum just came out this month. I just finished it. Very good. I've read all three of the novels. I'm a big fan. Uh, Cubicle 7 is putting out an RPG uh, based on the Laundry series, hmm. uh, which I will hopefully be getting at Gen Con because I am a shameless fanboy of it. Oh, of uh, course. And so um, if you like the idea of a slightly quirky uh, uh, computer guy who uses computers and uh, to summon and banish alien horrors and fight evil cultists nerds uh, will save the world yeah basically or destroy it um it's really neat and it's a it's a quick read it's only 300 pages uh i just devoured it in a couple days so um yeah full memorandum fantastic so uh, what's your next one all right the next one i got is actually an rpg book yeah i recently purchased the dresden files okay um what well, I've, I've never seen the show yeah or read any of the books yeah However, a uh, friend of ours, Bill, turned me on to this. Yeah. So I picked it up, and uh, I gotta say, it looks really cool. Cool. And it's, you know, I guess those of you who read the Dresden Files or have seen it would know more about it than I would, so I'm not gonna go into detail. No. But I love it. You can pretty much play any damn thing you want. Yeah, it's a, it's a modern, the Dresden Files, uh, uh, Dresden is a uh, kind of a Hellblazer type figure, John mm-hmm. Constantine type figure, magician who solves crimes. Yeah. Magician detective. So uh, it solves crimes of magic and monsters. And right, right. Uh, so yeah, no, that's cool. 
I'm glad or, you like the RPG. I would like to try it sometime. So yeah, it's I'm still reading. It uses up. the Fate system, right? Yeah. So yeah, I'd like to try that. Um, it's different. Uh, let's see what next. Um, the uh, another game uh, called Killing Floor. It's a video oh, game. Yes. I've been playing quite a bit of it. As you know, I'm a big fan of Left 4 Dead, Left 4 Dead 2, but uh, Killing no. Floor. <laughs> I know. Shooting zombies. I, I, well, well, how do they work? Um, Killing Floor is a uh, game where you play a commando trying to take down monsters. Unlike Left 4 Dead, you're not trying to get from point A to point B on the map. In Le- Killing Floor, you're basically, you have so many waves of monsters, you, you know, and there are eight different types of monsters. They start out weak and they get strong. And in between rounds, you have a minute to buy items from a trader, and you get money from killing monsters. What are you buying? Yeah, uh, something like that. So it's ve- and it uses iron sights instead of a, a you know an aim reticle. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you so it's a little like Call of Duty. You also level up it, like you get perks, which are basically classes. Like there's a medic, there's a sharpshooter, there's a firebug. Firebug gets massive bonuses for flamethrowers, obviously. Um, Ross likes flamethrowers. Flamethrowers are fun. I have to. I have to. I have to say they're pretty fun to use. Um, there's a berserker who gets crazy bonuses for melee, um, but you can level those up by doing certain things. So um, I have fun with it. It is fun. Fun is good. It's on when you Steam. Have fu- you can play with me someday. Ooh. When you have when you, when you have fun, that is good. Yeah, it's for the Mac as well as PC. Uh, it's on Steam. It's pretty cheap. Um, I bought it on some sale they had for five bucks. It's probably more now, but I it it's fun. That's awesome. So uh, if you're if you're on Steam, you want to play with RPPR host Russ Baden, you can get, get killing for it. Or, or, oh, uh, Ross, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and take this opportunity in between shoutouts. Yeah. To let you know something. What? I have purchased Left 4 Dead 2. Oh my fucking god. I know. For the PC? For the PC. Oh my god. I have not installed it yet. I just bought it today. Oh my god. But I just want you to know... Oh my god. ...that I have it now. You're on Steam. I am on Steam. You're not on my friends list. Not yet. Why not? Because the only games I play on Steam are ones you don't have. Like what? Uh, Saints Row 2... Yeah. And uh, Aliens vs. Predator. Oh, those are literally the only two games you had. On Steam. Oh, I see. Not even Team Fortress 2? Not even Team Fortress 2. But I'll soon be having Left 4 Dead 2. Okay. And I can fail miserably and you can laugh at me. Oh, poor Tom. Well, if our little speed run was any indicator of my skill on that. Yeah, well, that was a while ago. And that was on Xbox. Left 4 Dead 2 is better. It's totally (laughs) awesome, you guys. Anyway, um... So, uh, well, actually, you had a shout-out. Yeah, I right? do? Yeah. Another one is a webcomic yeah. called Trying Human. Yeah. About aliens on Earth. Yeah. And it's, I don't want to call it a comedy, because it's not, but it's not really <laughs> serious either. Okay. It's, you know, a little lighthearted, but it, the artwork's great on it. Yeah. That's mainly what drew me to it. Okay. So, uh, you should definitely check it out. All right. I like, it's one of, actually, I've actually donated money to. <gasps> yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll keep that in mind when you're like, "Oh my God, everything's so expensive at Jacob." Blah blah blah. I never said that. I know. I'm just being. An you're asshole. being you. I'm right? being. Yeah, I'm being me. But we're friends. The worst GM ever in history. But we're friends who actually get into fistfights, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyways, uh, final two shoutouts for me. Another video game, Alien Swarm, a new game on Steam. You shoot swarms of aliens. Uh, Pretty straightforward, yeah. actually. <laughs> Top down requires teamwork. Very gets very crazy. You can get that too, Tom. It's free. I don't trust free. It's free, Tom. 
I don't know if I trust you. Oh, I see. Um, so get that it, if you have Steam and a computer because it's free. Buy that game. It's not you don't buy it. You just download it. Once again, I don't trust that. Okay. What's yeah. the catch? There's no ca- the catch is that you have Steam on your computer, which basically makes it's like video game crack. It's like, hey, we're having a sale today. This game's eighty percent off. Wanna buy it? Huh? huh, huh? <laughs> Be like, oh, Steam. <laughs> I can't stay mad oh, at Steam. you. Oh, Steam. Like, I will get into your magic van. I <laughs> exactly. Um, so Steam is like the best crack, de- best pusher of anything ever because you're just like oh they're having a sale today oh that's only three dollars well, i do have rent but it's uh, only ten dollars yeah. i have like still like 10 games i haven't even fucking played because they were so cheap i had to buy them i'll play them someday wow ross <laughs> shut up wow. don't judge me don't judge i'm me. not i'm just disappointed anyways uh finally string theory another webcomic um it's about a mad scientist on his path to super villainy um it's well drawn they're in the first two chapters uh he hasn't become a super villain yet uh but he's getting there and uh he's already done some horrible things and that's uh, what you gotta do well kind of by mistake well kind of battery anyways it's quite interesting and um is it also entertaining? It is entertaining. It's it's well, a that is fantastic. good art, good good writing. What more do you want? Good tunes, good bros. I, I know there's Doctor McNinja and Axe Copper doing a team up starting t- soon. So that that that's going to blow your mind, isn't it? It's going to fucking be pretty great. They they are on a team, a team up. Yeah, a team up. Doctor McNinja and Axe Cop. Anyways, um, that's not really a shout out. That's just you know. That's there it is. That the oh, and Inception's a good movie. So yeah, I liked it. Anyway. anyway Let's go Moving on. Moving on. It's gameable too. That's the that's the <laughs> real like you, you you know you're a gamer or a game designer type when you like everything you look at in re, in life is like can I turn this into a game? Can this be a game? I do that, but I'm not published. Yeah. So I guess I don't know what that. It means you. well, you, you're just you need to get published then, Tom. I do. But that's your that's your problem, not mine. So. I never said it was. Yeah. Don't okay. judge me. I it's too late for that. Anyways, anecdote time. So uh and really if uh, you, shall we start shall we start with Aaron? Of course. Um if you've listened to the uh if you've contributed to the Kickstarter, I've put I've sent you the instructions on how to download Aaron's uh run of the haunting. Um it's yeah. If you have not, then you're going to have to rely on our little spiel here. Yeah, we don't want to spoil everything because we want you to pony up that 10 bucks or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, we will say that I th- I think you are right. I think this is the worst we have ever been. As players, as yeah. As players. Yeah, there were, it was... I think Aaron was... You, me, Jason, uh, a new player, Caleb, and Cody. So there's yeah. like five players. So a big group. And uh, Aaron didn't give us any guidelines whatsoever on character creation. He, no, he didn't. So, uh, well, we, and he showed up more than an hour after, after we had all showed up. Yeah. Uh, so we made characters, and Cody wanted to play a teenager. Uh, so we played a teenager who was like a anarchist or revolutionary or something, like a bomb throwing. Who wears a, he wears a Che Guevara T-shirt? Yeah, I guess. I decided, and we all based our characters, and we, how are we all going to know each other? And so, like... Well, we made our characters, and really, when we made them, they weren't jackasses. They're, we had, you know, street tough guy, you. Yeah. No, I was uh, I was always a social worker. Oh, yeah, well, social worker. Yeah. I was, like, I, I was an engineer. Yeah. And uh, uh, Jason yeah. was... He really designed him as just kind of the, the talker. Yeah. And then... But, Caleb but, but played once, a youth pastor. Our new player played a youth pastor. Right. 
<laughs> but, Which is a, I love that idea, by the way. That's yeah. a great idea for a Call of Cthulhu character. Oh, the and the pancake jamboree. Yeah, the Little was, Crusaders pancake jamboree. But um, really, but unfortunately, I wish we had recorded the character creation moments because that would reveal that. Oh but once God. we were done, we had like 35, 40 minutes before he showed up. And yeah, you're right. Idle hands are the tools of jackassery. <laughs> Uh, yeah, my character my character was pretty bad. His name was Christopher McBain, and I played him like someone, you know, like a, a grizzled cop, you know, loose cannon. Uh, He's off the case. Yeah. Um, Caleb was pretty straightforward, but he was a youth pastor, you know, so, okay. Uh, then you two were just fucking just awful. Well, okay. Jason especially, but well, you were okay, both we, we awful. Made, we were brothers who were raised in a Mormon polygamist household. <laughs> So we had the same father, different mothers. And then we both... This is what we were deciding as time wore on, and we just started thinking of weird shit that we just decided would become canon. Yeah. And then we decided, okay, but to rebel against our parents, we both became Scientologists. (laughs) Yeah. And that Cody was Jason's son. Yeah. And when Aaron heard our characters... um, he made the mistake of going along with it. Yeah, no shit. Like, he didn't have a good way of hooking us into the scenario. If you're familiar with the haunting, it's like, uh, they provide a couple different ways of like, hey, go investigate this haunted house. And Aaron had, it took us 45 minutes to get to the haunted house. And literally, it was like the weirdest fucking setup ever. And we just charged into it. It's like, oh, we, kicked, not- we kicked the door open. <laughs> we, like, I picked the lock. No, I kicked the door down. Like, literally, we couldn't get inside the haunted house. Quick enough. And I mean, then like, we're well, metagaming and then the, terribly. The, the first weird thing happened. Yeah. And we were like, like, all right, like we, like we're going head. We could like, like follow that weird thing. We couldn't jump on our swords quick enough, and Aaron couldn't oblige us and kill us off. No, we, and yeah, you know, he, yeah, the. Well, yeah, you know, we couldn't. We don't. Better not go into too much detail. Yeah, once no, it, it was. It was literally. I just love the. I mean, I was. I can't. What? I. I started laughing so hard. I, I just kind of lost it. I can't remember what happened at some point, but it was so bad. We were just so awful about this stuff. And, and uh, you, and you, of course, when you recognized a moment from this scenario, happened, oh, yeah, I, I knew and you, you I, were giddy. I was giddy because, uh, uh, spoiler alert, um, there's a magic knife in the basement. The magic knife can be animated by the evil thing that possesses the house and stab people. Aaron, you know, they're going to the basement, and then he said, Oh, the ritual dagger, and then it stabbed Jason once. And in the book, it could stab over and over and over again, but does. But does Aaron have it stab Jason over and over and over or again? Or the mattress. Yeah, or the mattress. Yeah, there's a bed frame, a mattress, uh, on the second floor. And it can be possessed and caught, you know, moved uh, to knock someone out the window. And I literally did that because I wanted to be knocked out the window because I wanted to get killed so Aaron could get his first blood. And I think, yeah, and this is the problem Aaron has. Yeah. He does not want to put players in actual mortal danger. Yeah. You know, you know, some danger, fine, but actual possible killable danger. I mean, we no. were—I don't know about you, but I was trying to be a Polish mind detector. I was literally trying to get <laughs> myself killed, like without being, you know, stupidly suicidal. That's why I was like, I picked the lock, I kicked the door down. We must get in there now. Like, oh, could you have us look into this on and us? We'll go right now. It's night. Come on, yeah. you can wait till the morning. No, we're going now. And Adam Scott Glancy <laughs> was very disappointed in us. <laughs> he listened to it, and I don't want to go. It was douche nozzle was used. To yeah. Describe a player. So um, we, were, it was Aaron was not you know terribly 
he, he was pretty bad at the the setup and because he couldn't set it up right set it up right and he couldn't get us into it quickly and he didn't provide any guidelines of character creation uh we we just totally wrecked that shit and it was it was hilarious but it was it it, it is like a train wreck in motion so uh, it is a thing of beauty actually <laughs> in the way that a train wreck is beautiful i i guess it's it's just Wow. wow yeah there's the, trust me it's just it's, listen to it trust me it's ten dollars is a bargain to hear this <laughs> it really is oh my god we were so bad oh man i i'm i feel bad i feel shame we uh, weren't very good teachers then were we <laughs> no. it's sink or swim aaron and he sank like a stone um the the next anecdote though is yes is the game I we made character we had basically we had a whole session devoted to character creation. This is cyberpunk. Yes. The RS uh R Telsorian. Yeah, uh Telsorian. Um and this is the cyberpunk as envisioned in the 80s. The yes. Bruce uh, Sterling uh neuromancer. Everything has, everything has wires. Everything has wires and chrome and there's no such thing as a cell phone or wireless internet. So, oh, there's uh, cell phones. Oh, there's, there there's are cell phones. Oh, there's eighty future past yes. cell phones. So yeah, we base we have your typical assortment of random, you know, half crazy people. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a very detailed character creation thing. The thing is, they have a life path system. Um, where you can roll for events uh, up to some 12 Some good, of them. some bad. Yeah, I maxed that shit out. I decided to roll 12 of them and have something happen every year. Uh, yeah, and uh, you had like a mental breakdown. I no, I had a drug addiction. Oh, a drug addiction. So I lost a point of reflexes. Um, I got a gang on my side. I got a teacher. And I made four enemies who were all really fucking hate me and are really, really fucking powerful. Yeah, one actually could call upon the resources of a government agency. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> I, 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 but I truly think Aaron rolled up the best yeah. thing. Yeah, he, I was just a street homeless kid. Yeah. Like Aaron, I mean, he rolled his family background. He rolled up corporate executive. Yeah. So he had like like powerful parents who sold him for money. <laughs> and to pirates. To pirates. To aqua pirates, aquatic pirates. He, and uh, yeah. And, no. he, and, he, and he is going to call them his sky parents. Yes, his sky parents who live up above him in the sky. And he still loves them and he feels that he failed them. That's yes. why they sold him. Yes. <laughs> and we all got enemies and love affairs and all this other stuff. But yeah. Like uh, and of course Caleb's character. Uh, yes, Caleb is what like I was just kind of lukewarm about it, but then Caleb came up like he chose the rocker boy, the rocker girl class, mm-hmm. which is the musician class with you know special powers or whatever. Well, they're like charismatic leadership's their specialty. Yeah, so he chose as his template for his character Lady Gaga. So after that, I was like, I'm done, sold. I can't wait. This to game's play. going. This is this is a thing. We're doing this. Like I, yeah. So uh, we're playing in the past with wireless internet, but cybernetic arms and eyeballs and shit. And Lady Gaga with her tech hair and her cyber snake attack snake. snake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's 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 going to be a train wreck, probably. Probably. I'm I'm, I'm going to do my best. Yeah. There's hit locations and shit, so we can probably get killed in one but, hit. Yeah, and I'm not going to pull any punches. Yeah. Hopefully, it's a little that might rub off an Aaron. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, so, uh, we'll, oh, uh, Aaron's playing a hacker. Uh, yeah. just big, you know, just big surprise. Shock. <laughs> I know. Uh, I'm sorry, a net runner. Whoa. Yeah, so extreme. Yeah, you know, I have had to tweak the rules so he can actually do the net running while everyone else is doing stuff too. Yeah. So yeah. So. Uh, so there's not a separate game going on over here. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. 
Um, so yeah, this will, this will be a fun little uh, adventure to Cyberpunk because you've been wanting to run this forever. It seems like. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Granted, I admit I probably had a little bit of feeling of what Aaron must have felt. Yeah. When I heard, saw the character, saw the characters forming around the table. To, Oh, there's no way this is going to go the way I planned. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I best. But then if I thought, you had given us pregens, you would have control over this. But no, you let us roll. No, I did. Yeah. So I think it's vitally important that that's what you do. And we already have the adventure plan out. Adventure, deal with enemies. Deal with enemies. <laughs> adventure one through fifty, deal with enemies. Adventure but, uh, one, roll. If the Nicholas. first session goes on well, I'll do another one. Yeah. And if that one goes well, I'll do another one, and so on. Yeah. So really, if it's fun and entertaining, I will continue it. Yeah. If it does just truly break down into madness, I might actually run another one if it does that too. As long as everyone's as long as everyone's cackling at the end. Yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. So, so uh, we'll keep th- it. those will be those I'm sure we'll put up in you know twenty years. Yeah. As Ross sees to post more stuff. Yes, I post a game a week every week, and that's just. But not it's not enough. enough. Yeah, it never I is. Mean, no, no. They just, they're addicted to our product. I guess. They I guess they enough. are. They I guess not. Um, so anyways, uh, I guess that kind of wraps up this episode 40. We'll see some of you at Gen Con this year. Indeed. I mailed out buttons. You to... decide when we're doing the meetup? Uh, no, not yet. Uh, I guess Thursday night is probably good. I need to find out from Scott when he's running his games. Well, that's so. usually Friday night or Saturday yeah. night. Um, so if you haven't listened to the interview, we uh, you can get an idea of uh, go ahead and listen to the two hour interview I did with Scott Glancy and find out what kind of games he's running. So, uh, hey, it's Scott Glancy's game. It's always awesome. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but we'll uh, we'll see you at Gen Con and then uh, we'll uh, talk to you later and stuff. So get you on the flip side. All right. Bye.